If I'm in a low retail sales place and I'm buying stuff at where a shopping center is, my taxes are leaving town. Now, is that a good thing? Bad thing? It can be a bad thing. And in part, we've dealt with that in St. Louis County as we're treating it like it's not precisely fair enough. Welcome to Infinite Earth Radio. We believe that in a world of finite natural resources, a smart and sustainable future is only possible by lifting up people and unleashing unlimited human potential. Infinite Earth Radio will not only help you learn from bright, visionary civic leaders who are building smarter, more inclusive and sustainable communities, but you'll discover how you can bring these ideas to your community. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Hancocks and Vernice Miller-Travis. Welcome back to Infinite Earth Radio, where we talk with thought leaders and change agents who are transforming the future by building smarter, more sustainable, and more equitable communities. This is your host, Mike Hancocks, and this is one in a series of podcasts recorded at the 2017 New Partners for Smart Growth Conference in St. Louis, Missouri. I want to start off by encouraging you to go to our website, infiniteearthradio.com, and sign up to get our weekly email, which will give you a heads up about future podcast episodes and other big sustainability and equity issues in the news and media. On our website, you can also access all of our past episodes, along with show notes and resources from each podcast. That's infiniteearthradio.com. Since we are closing in on uh, April 15th, Tax Day, we'll talk about taxes again this week. Two weeks ago, my co-host Michael Green and I had a great interview with Katrina Rourke from R Street, a conservative Republican think tank, about the new carbon tax proposal made by a group of prominent former Republican cabinet officials led by James Baker and George Schultz. Today, we're going to look at the existing sales tax system and how it impacts both equity and sustainability. In particular, we're going to be talking about what the Metro St. Louis area is doing to try to offset some of the distortionary effects sales tax systems can have on our built environment and our communities. Our guests today are Bob Lewis, a principal at Development Strategies. Hi, Bob. Hi. Good to be here. Also with us is Jim Brassfield, Professor Emeritus at the George Herbert Walker School of Business and Technology at Webster University. Hello, Jim. Hi. Nice to be here. And lastly, we have Sarah Coffin, Associate Professor of Urban Planning and Development at the Center for Sustainability at St. Louis University. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Michael. Thank you for having us. So we have this really exciting topic today, sales tax. So what motivates you folks, Jim, what motivates you to be interested in sales tax and distribution equity? I was, uh, uh, in addition to being a professor, I was an elected official in Crestwood, Missouri for 25 years. And... uh, we were very sales tax dependent, and so I, I became the local expert on sales tax. Fantastic. And, and Bob, why are you doing this with your life? Is there something else you could be doing other than <laughs> Probably not be, be happy about it. I, uh, <laughs> I fell in love with economics, finance, and urban planning while in college and uh, decided that if I could make a career with, I had good advice. Not always, you can't always make these things up for yourself when you're 19 to uh, focus on being an urban planner, but the economics of it and of necessity that means you're going to start dealing with public finance to help pay for things. And uh, so um, that's just been a passion my entire career. Fantastic. So Development Strategies is a consulting firm, your consulting firm. Consulting firm in uh, economic, uh, real estate, and community development. 
And a shorter elevator speech is we really focus on the economics of development and getting things done. Oh, you got to pay for it? Uh, where do you get the value added to pay for it? And so it plays right into what my passion is. Fantastic. And Sarah, you get to back clean up here. <laughs> what, what do you find so interesting about this, about this topic, personally? Well, this, well this, is my, this is my second career. I had a first career in financial services. Started out in brokerage and then ended up for working for a financial services firm, an agency that uh, supported retirement plans for non- nonprofits. And so tax has always been a key part of that. I mean, we, understanding code tax law. And so when I went back to school, really interested in the public sector side, what does all of that fund? And one of the things I always say to my students that uh, you get the government that you pay for. And so on the sales tax side, that's a huge component of that, especially in a state like Missouri that has such a heavy emphasis on sales tax. Fantastic. So we talk about a sales tax distribution equity. So let's tackle what is that? Can somebody just explain to me what is the issue? Well, to me, it's a, an issue of um, where sales, where taxes are collected and who pays them. When we collect income taxes, everybody has incomes, so everybody pays taxes, and we move them around. With sales taxes, it's a little different because we pay them where we buy stuff. And some places have more places to buy stuff, shopping centers and so forth, than others. So if you live in a community without much retail, you're shopping in somebody else's community, they're getting your money as taxes. That may or may not be a bad thing, all things considered, depending on the tax base of where you live, but it does mean we're redistributing taxes, uh, or distributing taxes in this sense, from where it isn't to where it wasn't. And and so in in one sense, if I'm in a low retail sales place and I'm buying stuff at uh, where a shopping center is, my taxes are leaving town. Now, is that a good thing, bad thing? It can be a bad thing, and in part we've dealt with that in St. Louis County as we're treating it like that's not precisely fair enough. Yeah. And so it, might, it might be helpful for we pay our federal taxes, that goes to the federal government. We pay our state taxes, that goes to the state government. Can you explain to us what, and I think this is different from place to place, but maybe Jim, you could explain to us, what is that sales tax money, where does it go and what does it pay for? In St. Louis County, when you buy something at a, at a store, Depending on the kind of city you live in, it either goes, the money goes in a pool and is distributed to other cities around the county, or if you are in a city that is a point of sale city, it means that most, but not all, of the money goes to that particular city. And one of the unique things about St. Louis County, and I think fairly unique in the country, is that, that the point of sale cities share about 20% of the total revenue collected in sales tax with other cities in the county through on a per capita sharing. And this has been a, an argument in St. Louis County for 40 years as to how much should be shared and should it be shared or should the collecting city keep it all. So just to, for our audience, I go to a store outside of my community, I pay the sales tax. That tax that I paid goes to pay for services for people who live in that community. Correct. If I could clarify that a little bit, there is a base sales tax at the state of Missouri levies that is for state, that is collected and paid to the state. What we're talking about is what's levied on top of that. So what are the local sales taxes? So for the average person, they, they just see I'm paying 
seven percent sales right. tax or whatever it is. So a portion of that goes to the state. Yeah, the lower and a portion stays it's low. Four point six five percent. Yeah, four point six five percent of your of your of that seven percent sales tax. Four point six five percent of that goes to the state. Okay. And then the local is levied on top of that. Okay. And that may be like we have listeners all over the country, so that's different. But the right. concept is the same. Right. Right. And so, what are the what are the negatives of that? Sarah, do you want to take a crack at that? Why is that a bad thing? Well, it, it's challenging because you've got uneven, uh, you can have uneven rates, where if you have a special taxing district, for example, I know in Chesterfield they've got several different special taxing districts that you look at your sales tax receipt and you see your base tax that goes to the state. You've got, uh, they don't have a TIF anymore. They've paid off their TIF, TIF tax, t- tax increment financing. They've paid off that bond. But they'll have a transportation development district that pays for local infrastructure that supports that particular outlet mall, for example. Or, and then there could be also a community improvement district. And sometimes, I know recently, we've, there's been some undercover work looking at the community improvement district and how you might buy, there might be a, a SID, as it's called, a Starbucks could be a SID. And you don't know why your cup of coffee is how many cents more at that particular Starbucks and down the street it's less. And so there's this what does that SID fund what does that what does that extra quarter cent pay for? And who uses it? So you didn't have any you didn't have any say in that in the beginning. And what is SID? That's the community improvement district. Community That's improvement. the so the oh CID not CID, CID. yeah it's yeah. CID Got it. community improvement. Sid's district. a good friend of mine, but not him. Okay, so so we've got this issue of I'm paying taxes somewhere else, and somebody else is getting the benefit of that. But are there larger issues in terms of how does this sales tax system drive decisions about land use and what gets built where? and how, we, how our urban form is developed. Most of that would come from how we fund local government. And generally speaking, uh, in Missouri and St. Louis County, many other local governments, we rely on the sales tax to do that. And that's local general governments. We spend a lot of property tax money too, but for special governments like school districts and fire districts, we just haven't done that at the municipal general government level. And um, so... If that, if that government is reliant on sales taxes, then there's a tendency to want to develop retail space within that city, and that there's not really a, a, an incentive to attract jobs, even to attract houses. We just as soon just have retail stores. Now, that's extreme, but that's the it's a land use distortion. I think you used that word earlier. Potential. In fact, we see it, particularly when you start applying things like tax increment financing on top of that as as a development tool. Although in St. Louis County, where some of the cities are pool cities and some are point of sale, I mean, if you're the mayor of a pool city and and you build a 25-story apartment building that brings several hundred additional residents to your city, that's going to that's going to produce some significant additional revenue from for you once the now you have to wait till the next census. So it may be a, a long wait unless you build your apartment building right before the census is taken. But there's an incentive for pool cities to want to expand population rather than to expand retail. Who decides who's a pool city versus who's a point of sale city? Well, in in St. Louis County, those decisions were made decades ago when the legislation was first passed, and cities decided to be 
a pool city or a or a point of sale city. They made their own decisions. They made the, each law. city made their their decision. Now in St. Louis County, there are some cities that came along and were formed later and were not able to select being a point of sale city. They generate a lot of sales tax and they would like to switch, but they can't. And the law at the time was you you pick it now and it'll stay that way forever. You can switch from being a point of sale city to a pool city, and some have recently done that, but you can't go the other way. Interesting. Why would that be the case? Why would they allow you to switch one way and not the other? Well, from the city's standpoint, you know, they might want to switch because now they've got a lot of retail in the city and, and they'll, they would get more money that way. From the standpoint of people in the pool, if somebody who's in the pool and generating a lot of revenue leaves the pool, then the pool has less money to distribute. I see. So probably some couple of communities have it's had a, their shopping centers yeah. closed. It's a, it's a they fix. They might make it, more money if they went per capita instead of a point yeah. of sale. It's a fixed pie. And in that sense, it's a fixed pie. And depending on how you, how you divide it, some people get a smaller piece and some people get a larger piece. Some cities get a larger piece and some get a smaller piece. So what I see in, what I see in other parts of the country, on top of the sales tax issue is property taxes issues, right? So and the cost of local services. So there, there tends to be a kind of a built-in incentive in a lot of places to do more commercial development than, than housing mm-hmm. because commercial development requires lower services, less schools, produces tax revenue, and it, from a fiscal standpoint... And generally has a higher uh, assessed valuations for property tax in particular. Right. Uh, so that creates a lot of problems in that there are a lot of communities that, particularly when you have lots of cities or communities clustered together, there are communities that are generating a lot of revenue and don't have a lot of residents, and other communities that have a lot of residents but aren't generating that kind of... So there's a... And I think that that's a big problem in a lot of places, and it has led to a lot of the affordable housing issues, right? So I think affordable housing is... There's demand issues, but there's supply issues, and a lot of the supply is driven by zoning decisions that are made by local governments, and there's an incentive for them to not do as much housing. Is that the dynamic in St. Louis, and how does that play into the sales tax issue? Yes, uh, that jobs housing mismatch is a challenge... For St. Louis, and I think in in some of the research I've done on tax increment financing, those communities that are wealthier communities that are low minority, low poverty communities are the ones that really focus on, they they use their TIF tool for retail, to, to promote retail sales, which is then those clustering of large clusters of low-wage jobs, which are the jobs that a lot of the poor people need, but they're located further out in the county, whereas in the the poor communities, the more distressed communities, tend to focus on residential TIFs and mixed-use TIFs that have a high degree of residential use. And so, I mean, you certainly see that play out. And now we've got this, this, we've got a pretty widening gap, both in terms of access to jobs, but income as well. Yeah, my, my friend, uh, Dr. Chris Benner, who's at the UC, UC Davis, refers to as kind of almost a reverse Robin Hood thing, where <laughs> right. poor communities are going to rich communities to shop, and the rich communities are taking the, the sales tax. So how do we fix this problem? Well, the sharing system in St. Louis County resolves that in part, because, because when you're a community that is a high sales tax generator and you're a point-of-sale city, now you're only going to keep on the basic one cent that you you collect. You're only going to you're only going to keep seventy five or eighty cents of that, and the rest of it goes into the pool to be sharing. Now there continues to be the argument: should the sharing be higher, you know, lower, what, uh, or whatever? But I think that's one of the unique things about St. Louis County and sales tax is that there is a 
a formula that's been on the books for 25 years now to share part of that sales tax to even that out in part. Yeah, that was part of our point of having the panel today. So how do you do with questions like that? The other big related one that probably the only other one really done was the Minneapolis-St. Paul Twin Cities property tax sharing system precedes the St. Louis County thing. But there are ways to deal with this question, and St. Louis County wrestled with it and continues to wrestle with it uh, to keep it as fair as possible. Yeah, fair depends upon where you sit, right? People move around, (laughs) shopping centers come and go, and all this, that, and other. So um, you could more or less fix your A or B status 40 years ago. That probably isn't relevant anymore. You need to have some flexibility in where you go in that system. Are you doing any property tax sharing, or is it just the sales tax? Just sales tax. Just Just the sales sales tax. Here in St. Louis County, yeah. And in Minneapolis, you're saying they actually do property tax? It's property tax. It's uh, non-residential property tax is... uh, uh, also gets to that question you were raising earlier, where, you know, where's the commercial development happening, where are the jobs being created? Well, that's probably relatively high property tax per acre of land, but why should they get all that benefit when, in fact, the employees work all over the region? So let's share some of that back. So I think it's a 40% they share back. And in Minneapolis, they're also, there's a regional approach to development. They have regional, they have regional planning. And so I think that, if anything, I think in St. Louis County, that's what we're missing is you know, we've got the sharing, but trying to figure out how to, what do you do with that sharing? That It's up to each individual city that receives their portion. They can do it with it, whatever they will. There's no, no okay, one, municipality A versus B, we need to get together and talk about our, our joint infrastructure problem. It stops at the border right now, currently. And is in addition to the planning challenges, I, I would assume there might be some this problem of too many local governments and too many overlapping jurisdictions is is all over the country. And I remember, I live in New York State, I remember they did a study like 25 years ago about how much money they could save if they just eliminated duplications of services at the local level. So it's not just a matter of distorted decision-making, it's the whole system could be a whole lot more efficient and, and you could actually save money those stories, as those studies go on to this day here in, yeah. in the St. Louis area, too, yeah. some of which we don't all hear about. But fascinating, I had dinner with a group of people the other night, uh, a couple of them with municipalities, is that you wouldn't believe what we're doing below the political level right. to share in some of those costs. I mean, you know, a multi-municipal police distribution or emergency dispatch. Dispatch. And it yeah. saves money uh, on the technology and so forth. Stuff you don't, sort of don't hear about. So while we're talking about disparities in sales tax and so forth, in fact, there are a lot of things going on that are very positive at the local government level to do exactly what, mm-hmm. partly what Sarah's talking about is the, you know, that uh, it doesn't always stop at the border. Mm-hmm. Politically, we might think it does. So one mayor doesn't look at these cooperating too much with the guy next door that he may not like, but in fact, at staff level, so to speak, a lot of that is happening. And I also think there is another example that we're known for, I think, nationally, is how we support our cultural districts. So we have a zoo museum district that is, uh, is funded by a sales tax from both the city and the county, and that funds these regional amenities, our forest park, funds our zoo, it funds our art museum and history museum and our botanical garden. So these are seen as regional assets that we we share and that we help we all we all we all take we all participate in funding them as well. Meanwhile the region's gotten bigger. <laughs> the region you're talking about, the yeah. Zoom oh, Zoom yeah, that's right. Texas, yeah. St. Louis City and St. Louis County, but 
we've grown as a metropolitan area. Mm -hmm. uh, Geographically And all of those people get to go to the zoo free uh, because it's paid for from taxes paid by city and county residents, let alone all the people from around the world that come to the zoo as well. So sometimes we have those conversations too going on, like maybe we should expand the size of that district to get more property yeah. taxes shared uh, in, in those kinds of ways. But the, the experiment's right. Right. And, you, and you, we still have the free rider problem there. So you have someone from Illinois that comes over and they benefit from why, they benefit from the, this great district, but they don't pay Right. But hopefully into they're it. buying lunch while they're there and paying sales taxes <laughs> and creating jobs. That's it. Yeah. That's that kind the of answer. thing. So that's yep. why, probably why you do those things. Right. <laughs> So any um, words of wisdom for other parts of the country that maybe aren't doing the sales tax sharing? How do you tackle this problem if you're, if you're not as foresighted as uh, St. Louis? Well, it's a, it's a, it was a tough political battle to, to ultimately get the sharing. And, but I think in, in that instance, both sides had to be willing to compromise. And that's something that these days in politics, it seems to be in short supply as people stake out their their positions. But uh, as as someone who was involved in that discussion leading to the to the sharing, you know, there was a willingness on both sides to sit down and and discuss it and find a middle ground. And I think that's a key to this and other other decisions, as that you can't sit in an ivory tower someplace and say, oh, this is what's this is what's best. You've got to to work with the with the local people and try to develop some kind of consensus, even if that means you don't get everything that you would like to get. So the way I think about that, so essentially we learned our most important lesson in kindergarten is how to share. These issues are really complicated, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that the other thing is that you need to look at these things in a more holistic way, mm-hmm. right? So you make the sales tax decision, but then that has implications for who builds where which then has implications for you know what, what your road system and your traffic issues are and your problems are. So a lot of these decisions seem to get made more in silos or in isolated looking at this issue as opposed to really thinking about the whole set of impacts that some of these things will have. Mm-hmm. And it's complicated. You know what's fair and what's right is arbitrary. It's not there is no absolute this is mm-hmm. fair. Right. Yeah, right. It depends on where you sit, what you think is fair. Sarah right. raised the point, you know, we're not regionally planning well enough around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to Jim's point, it actually, the sales tax question actually forced a lot of that regional thinking, mm-hmm. at least within the county, uh, which is a huge part of the region, so that the, we did compromise. So there's, there's perhaps more of that going on than others. By the way, I want, it, it occurred to me that not every municipality is complaining about these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't hear my whole lot of them. But doing my research to put this show together here, I, I found that Huntley, this little village of Huntley out there, the city of Huntley in St. Mm-hmm. Louis County, which nobody hears about, mm-hmm. very wealthy, small, but very wealthy. They don't have any retail shopping going on there at all. So all of those very wealthy people are shopping in somebody else's community and dropping sales taxes there. Well, Huntley, at least, seems to me, has figured out a way to support its municipal services without having to rely on sales tax which is fine. Maybe they're paying higher property taxes. I don't know. But there are... Exam- or don't have many services. They don't have a whole lot of right. services they really need, probably, because a, a wealthy community, they probably yeah. don't have to worry too much about crime. They don't have a very large population. So there are you know, so many variations on things out there. It isn't, a, it isn't a pat, well, you're getting too much and I'm getting too little. Let's share all. Uh, I, maybe I don't want to be part of it. I don't need to be part of it. Right. Well, thank you all. Really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today and appreciate the 
good community work that you folks do. Well, thank you for okay. your interest. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks, Mike. And thank you all for listening. We look forward to seeing you next time on Infinite Earth Radio. Infinite Earth Radio is a podcast produced by Skio in association with the Local Government Commission. To learn more about Skio, Infinite Earth Radio guests, or how you can make a difference in your community, visit our website at infiniteearthradio.com or join us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Infinite Earth Radio and Twitter by following at Infinite Earth Radio.